I almost could pour myself a glass of wine at this point. <laughs> I'm, I'm so tired. We've been trying to record this episode for 45 minutes, people. And no, the no, no. software that we use is like really crapping out on us these days. So we're doing this on Zoom. So if our quality sounds different, sorry. I don't know. It's also about. the second day we've tried to do this. Like it's it's been three oh, yeah. hours overall of technical difficulties this week trying to record alone. <laughs> My back hurts. I know. Does anyone care this much? Not really. It's not. Hey, you know what? That's my very mantra. It's not that serious. It's not that deep. It's not that deep. It's just not that deep. It's just not that deep. It's fine. Yeah, we tried to record yesterday. And honestly, great thing that we're re-recording because I was in such a mood. (laughs) That's the thing with podcasting I don't think about is that our mood is everything. Yeah, that's kind of true. Especially because we're not doing a podcast where we're like talking about, I don't know, something that's not mental health. Do you know what I mean? So like like we're supposed to be in whatever mood that we're in. We're not like turning Mm -hmm. on for the camera. Mm -hmm. So like I don't think about like hyping myself up in a certain way, even though I guess I probably should because it still is like for entertainment in some way. Do you know what I mean? Oh, I, I know what you mean completely. And it's making me realize that I've never done that once. I'm always like, oh, it's a phone call with Gabby. I, mean, I, I think when we have guests, we hype ourselves up. We've done totally. that. Oh, yeah. 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 But yeah. when it's just us, it's a little bit of different energy. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So this is what I'm unpacking. I, I feel like we've talked about this in the pod multiple times, like especially with Sarah and maybe even with Maddie when we were like, if you don't come on our podcast, like as my friend, I, I, you haven't talked to me in months. Like I've just been yeah. working so much. It's, it, it's been clear and abundant to all my friends. And I was, I'm working with like multiple different clients right now, like at least three. And I have a new one that I didn't even tell you about. I got some, some cool info to tell you about that happened last night. I know I'll oh tell God. you about it after. I feel like me. I'm the most in the loop. So the fact that I don't even know this, I'm I know I, I can't believe I forgot to tell you. It just happened last night though. And it's all thanks to Alexa. Shout out Alexa Losi. So exciting. I can't wait to hear. Okay. Okay. I'll tell you about it. But anyway, so I'm working with like three different clients right now and it's been pretty overwhelming. And one of them was supposed to like my, my contract with them was supposed to end a while ago. And I've just been staying on more and more. And particularly they didn't ask me till the end of December, if I could stay on through January. And I said, yes, because I didn't want to put them in a rough spot and I'm a people pleaser and I like what I do. And I'm always trying to, you know, do the best job I can. And it was one week into January and I was struggling. I mean, granted the first week of January, I was also post COVID, like still recovering, whatever. And my brain was a little fuzzy, but it just got to be too much. And then I was like, you know what? Didn't I set boundaries before? Like I'm kind of back to my old patterns. Like wasn't, I, I was, I was having the time to like work out and do dishes and go on a walk and like have relationships with my friends. And I can't tell you the last time I've done any of those things. Like I genuinely haven't had the time to work out. Last night was the first time I told you last night was the first time I did work. Uh, I'm sorry, yoga. I did like 45 minutes of yoga before bed. First time in months. Like I just genuinely have not had the time. And I was like, fuck that. I'm worth it. I'm not even going to do my best work. If I'm this burnout, like I'm not doing it anymore. And so I ended the contract. I was like, I'm not staying this month anymore. Sorry. And I'm wrapping it up this weekend. Huge, huge. But like, but, but, but aside from that one client, you do have another client that is your, like, you are giving a lot to, which look, yeah, you're an entrepreneur, you're your own mm-hmm. boss. You're, you know, 
you're working a lot, but like, and, and I feel like we over glamorize. We talk about that all the time of like glamorizing being busy and blah, 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 blah. But like you really, I've, I've never seen you stretch this thin. And I hate it. And I don't think I'm someone that glamorizes being busy as much no. just because I'm pretty open about like, I fucking hate working. And I think I have the worst work ethic out of everyone. Like and not work ethic, but like mentality. Like I don't like to work. I would easily stay at home and be a stay at home wife and do my own projects and love it. I just think as your friend, I've, yeah. what I'm watching, I just want you to ask for help and not yes. say yes to things that might not be in your wheelhouse yes. or say yes, because there's no one else on the team to do it. Because that's the thing. Some of the clients that you work with, like they are, they're smaller, which is like the appeal that like their team is small. They're like a family, like great. They're great people, great clients and great companies. But sometimes like it's, it's like you're in startup land, but with like three different startups. Oh, exactly. And I, Aaron's going to walk in the door right now. So I don't want to comment on what you're saying. Cause I know he's going to make noise, but it's, I'm, I think I'm, I'm, I, I, I was learning that lesson and I went back a little bit because we all know healing isn't linear, mm-hmm. but I'm coming back around baby. Yeah. I just, I just, I want you to, I want you to ask for help. It's okay. If he makes noise, because guess what? This episode's going to be fucking noisy because <laughs> right? we're not on our normal thing. Um, hi, Aaron. Hi, Aaron. Gabby says, hi, we're recording. Say hi. We're recording. Say hello to the podcast. No, no, no. You're fine. Cute hat. How dare you walk into your own home? <laughs> I mean, we can cut this all out um, or keep it in because like, we love Aaron. Um, yeah. Anyway. I- yes. I, and I honestly don't think I would have come back to the other side and realized like, Hey, you're going back to the old patterns that I would have, if it wasn't for you and Maddie and Sarah and all Jessica and all my friends being like, Hey, we haven't heard from you. Yeah. Like, I know are you okay? Has been vigilant as fuck with you. Yeah. She's, she's watching. She's, she's looking out for you right now. Yeah. Everyone is, which is nice. And I, and I'm, I'm trying to look out for everyone back and it's, yeah, but, I think it's, a, yeah, don't, but don't, I, yeah, oh, you're right. I'm you saying give, the exact thing that I'm trying to talk us. against. You yeah. Give a lot to us already. And th- your friends that are your closest friends, we all know we all know like when you are extremely busy and you're going through something and like you don't have the space it's not because it's anything about us and like right you to take that space and so I think that you in work life again ask for help and don't take on things that are not in your wheelhouse just because there's nobody else to do it yeah because guess what it's not your company it's not my company this is not your company this is because we got our llc little book thing you did oh my god I'm sweating it's like hot in here today I don't know what's going on I'm drinking ginger tea which is making me more hot you could take off your sweater you want to take us you want to take a hot pack baby girl oh yeah it's okay I would like that even better um what are you unpacking babe also thank you for the pep talk and keep giving it to me because I love you and I I wouldn't have set that boundary and done that without you I love you I love you too um, what am I unpacking similar in terms of asking for help? Yeah. Um, I had my second, uh, session with our favorite intuitive healer, which I called her an intuit last time. And you know what? I stand by into it and yeah. by the word that I made up, add it to our TMV vocabulary. Yeah. Um, but I had my second session with her and this one felt a lot more therapy esque hmm. where it was a lot more, um, targeted. Like I, I went in with like specific things this time, but that's not what made it therapy ish, but it, I went in with like specific things that I wanted to talk to her about and specific things that I was feeling overwhelmed with. 
And this time, which we didn't do as much of last time, is when we would get to a pain point, she'd be like, okay, why? Like, let's work through that. Like, mm. why is that coming up? Why is that triggering to you? What happened here? What happened then? Um, so it was a lot more like talk therapy, which I really liked, but it also felt a lot heavier. I felt like the first mm-hmm. time I did my session with her, it was like really just validating and like cool. But this time around was very, it just felt really heavy because you know how when you go to therapy or anyone that's listening has ever gone to therapy, or even if you're like venting to your friends and you, you say everything and then it, you feel worse before you feel better. Yes, that that's how good. I feel right now where we identified it and I'm like living in what I learned at Hoffman, which was great. Cause that's what we're going to be talking about awareness. Hell is what they call it mm-hmm. at Hoffman. And that's like where I'm existing right now is like, I'm, I'm so aware of all of it, but like, great. What does that do for me? You know what I mean? Like, I feel really not helpless. Cause like, I know that I have tools around me and resources around me, but I just, the work seems so daunting and mm-hmm. I haven't felt this way in a really long time. And um, yeah, so I've just been I don't know. She just pointed out a lot of things of like me needing to ask for help. And just, she pointed out pain points in my life that like just cut deep Mm -hmm. about me and like living in my authenticity and opening up to people. And I even said it to you, like before we started recording, we were talking about something and I was like, I am so avoidant normally in the way that I interact with people like in my attachment style like my I'm very closed off it takes a lot for we always joke like we always talk about our trauma and people think they're getting to know us but like they're not and like that's how I am I'm very closed off and I don't want to be but it's difficult for me and even when I think I'm opening up like I I might not be or I I don't know like I overthink it but the point is I said it to you before I was like I'm so avoidant and my baseline is so avoidant that then when I open up and lead with my authenticity and lead with an open heart, I feel desperate. Yep. And then when that, whatever it is that I put out there is not reciprocated or is rejected or is like just, yeah, just not reciprocated. I, I feel like a f- desperate loser because my, even baby- though, and it doesn't, that's, what's so hard about this stuff is like, even when objectively, you know, that's not true. It doesn't scale the fact that like you've been living your whole life one way. So when you start to do another, it's, it's going to feel weird and gross and hurt. Like mm-hmm. we, because we kind of talked about this a little bit, obviously I said this to you before, but now the image that I'm getting in my head, maybe it's just cause my house is messy, but <laughs> as you're talking, I'm like, you know, that part where you're cleaning your whole apartment and like doing a deep spring cleaning. And it's so much worse before it's better when like yeah, everything's out better. and all the different piles. Yes. Like, that's what you're doing with your brain. Like when you're doing this self-work, like you've had so much fucking growth and like your trajectory and the past couple episodes, what you've been unpacking is like truly feeling your, your authentic self for the first time in a long time and like really owning who you are. Mm-hmm. And the next step of that is realizing all these little things that pop up where you're like, oh shit, that's not mine. Oh shit, that was projected on me. Oh shit, this doesn't jive with who I am anymore. So now you're having to rewrite all those narratives and that like deprogramming, whoo, that's yeah, that's the hard I constantly stuff. feel like I want to cry like I yeah, constantly yes. feel on right the behind right yeah. behind the eyes yep. and then I stop myself like I don't yeah. I don't just like let myself like cry or sometimes it just doesn't come out like I I do like yet like last night I like went to bed and I shed like a tear and then I like was like okay 
Go. Did you finish Queer Eye yet? Go watch Queer Eye and just bawl your eyes out. You know I was thinking about that last night because I was like, I just need to watch something because I cry really easily with like shows and movies. Me too. So, me too. I to put something on that's gonna make me cry, but it was so late already, and I was like, I can't start. So it was like two a.m. I was like, I can't start uh, something else right now. Yeah. But like, I needed that where I was like, because I'm not just gonna sit here and like force myself to cry. Right. I need to like watch some things. So maybe I'll do that like tonight. I'll 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 have a good cry. But I, yeah, I just I constantly feel like I want to cry. I just feel overwhelmed in my like own existence (laughs) it's really going back to the healing isn't linear like we're both seeing it come up for us in different ways like I kind of went back no so sorry finish finish what you're saying no no nothing it just same same but different like I went back to those old patterns whereas you're just like making these the more you become yourself the more you're realizing what's been pushed and projected onto you that's not yours and so we're just like deprogramming and going back and working on this stuff and doing a loop-de-loop and coming back again. Like it's, it's, it's the fucking flow of healing. You know, what's wild though, is that the week that we're talking that I feel this way and that I feel like I'm having to reprocess things that I already thought I had processed is the week that we're talking about the place that helped me process this stuff to begin with. Exactly. Okay. So this is oh, actually yeah. a beautiful way to start my first question for you where okay so today if you don't know today we're going to be talking about gabby's no one knows we haven't talked about i know i was like no okay so no one knows so today we're talking about gabby's hoffman experience her experience going to the hoffman institute and i'm going to let her explain do you want to maybe give like a a brief synopsis of what it is before i ask you my first question yeah so for people listening that if you don't know what the hoffman process is the hoffman institute there's like i don't know people call it so many different things Um, it's essentially a week long healing retreat of transformation and development for people who are feeling stuck in any area basically of their life. And it just, it helps the people that are going there identify negative behaviors, moods, ways of thinking, AKA these patterns, patterns, exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, that all developed sort of unconsciously and we were conditioned during our childhood. So everything is sort of, you're tracing literally everything back to mom or dad or whoever raised you, um, whoever you were around the most as a child, like you're tracing all those patterns back. Cause you're essentially either mimicking the behavior or you're doing the complete opposite. You're rejecting the behavior and you basically are learning through, they call it experiential therapy. So it's like, it's not, you're in a group of people, but then you're also in small groups and like you're talking, but it's not like, it's not talk therapy. It's not group therapy. You're doing different um, activities and exercises. So that's why it's like experience. But they are therapy led. They have lots of actual they, they, licensed they, therapists on staff. Yeah. And there, there's a lot of science behind and There's so yeah. much science behind it because what you're doing essentially is you're rewiring your neural pathways, yes. which, so, you know, you can go into this thinking like it's some woo woo, whatever. And you're like going to be hitting no, it's neuroplasticity and it's all based in science. Like, a, like a, a pillow with a baseball bat, like getting rid of your patterns. But like, you're also doing all these exercises that are literally rewiring your fucking neural pathways and introducing positive behaviors and ways of thinking that actually align with your authentic self. And it helps you sort of respond to these situations in your life from a place of conscious choice where before you're sort of unconsciously just, you're on autopilot. Mm -hmm. You're living your life on autopilot. Mm -hmm. So I had always heard about um, the Hoffman process because both of my parents went. My dad went right when my parents got divorced when I was like, I think I was like seven when my parents got divorced. And I didn't know where he went. He was gone for obviously a week, but I just knew that 
I was scared of my dad before he left and then all of a sudden he came back and I like my dad was a different person it was and I I always attribute it like oh they got divorced like thank god they don't want to kill each other anymore which obviously had a lot to do with that but he was at Hoffman and my mom went when I was like 17 16 17 Mm -hmm. um my best friend went her mom went her brother went so I grew up my coworkers went a lot of well-known celebrities go like a lot there's I didn't know that like I didn't I didn't mm-hmm. like I grew up thinking it was like my parents went therapy camp yeah like I thought it was therapy yeah. camp and and I will say it was kind of my mom always told my sister and I like you guys are gonna have to go and so mm-hmm. for me it sort of always felt that this is like weird punishment which is something that I want to talk about in this episode of like mm-hmm. the way that you approach things when you see someone in your life going through something difficult because when ever I was going through a moment like in high school or it's particularly in high school I felt like the Hoffman like conversation would always come up and it would mm. be like it felt like oh you think I'm crazy like, like you- you're just looming this over me waiting till I hit rock bottom to send me there and I remember I had a really big talk with my mom and I was like I I respect why you're doing this but I need I, I, I will go I need it to come for me though please yes and so yes. she backed off and respected that and then um when I graduated from college I was going through like a moment and a half total existential crisis I felt so disconnected from who I am from who I was then I felt so misunderstood by the people that I loved the most um and I was just like living and acting out of hurt Mm -hmm. and I didn't know what to do and I remember I looked at my mom at my graduation dinner and I was like sobbing at the dinner table and I was like have you bought my gift yet? And she was like, no. And what's fucking funny is that what I wanted, the like materialistic thing that I wanted was the same price as Hoffman. And I was like, okay, okay great. You haven't bought my gift. Can I go to Hoffman? Can that be my graduation gift? And like her eyes like lit up. Lucky for me, they had a session um, that July. So I graduated in May and I went in July. I was 22. And it was literally the best thing that I've ever done in my entire life. I changed my life. So that's the intro. Hoffman. Okay. So you kind of answered a little bit of my first question, but I want you to zoom back to like day one or gearing up to go that summer and give us a little bit more about your headspace going into it slash. Did you place expectations on yourself for it? Did you know how much did you know? I spoke to my coworker that went mm-hmm. the other day and I told him that we were doing this mm-hmm. and I said, Hey, do you have any fun questions that I should ask her? And he said, honestly, it's interesting because the more when I talk, when I was talking to my friends about it that had gone before me, they kind of purposefully leave you in the dark. Yes. Yes. And don't want you to know because you really don't want it. You're all doing the exact same exercises, like you're saying, but everyone's experience is obviously it's rooted in your childhood. Like you're saying, it's so unique. So Mm -hmm. I I just, how much did you know going into it? Did you have expectations? What was your headspace? Like, where were you at when you went? So I didn't know anything other than what you can find on the website. Like my parents didn't okay. tell me anything. Yeah. My best friend um, who I grew up with like sisters that she had gone and that summer. So I was, I graduated in May. I was going in July that June. I was traveling with my family and she was living in London at the time. And I went to go wait, see- let's also say this is how many years ago now? I was 22 and now I'm 25. So it's three years ago. Okay. Right. Just contextually, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like counting on my fingers to make three, <laughs> three years. This was three years ago. I went in 2018. Um, so I, I was I was in London visiting her and she I was so nervous. I was just so nervous. Like I was so just anxious. And so we talked a lot about 
that feeling of anxiety and that she was really nervous too and really like freaked out and scared the only thing that she told me which is like it's not that big of a deal and it doesn't ruin it is like you're going to be hitting there's one exercise where you're hitting a pillow with a baseball bat that's that's all the it. only thing you've ever told me about it yeah that's the only thing I tell anyone about it because it's the only thing that I knew and then you can like google it totally the reason you can google it is because this is something that I didn't know going into it like it's such a it's such an LA thing like when I moved to LA because before when I went to Hoffman like and we'll talk about this later of like everyone thought I was like in a mental institution and yeah. They thought I like the, the rumor was like Gabby cracked, like her mom said yeah. her to in state asylum. When I moved to LA and I was like, I've been to Hoffman, everyone knows what I'm talking about. And everyone's like, oh my God, I'm dying to go. So yeah. many like famous people, like, and if you Google the like, I think like Katy Perry has an interview and like she yep. has a whole thing about it. And like Justin Bieber left, he went and he did an interview, I think, with Vogue where he mentioned it and said it was like, not his thing. Um, and I think he says the the pillow thing in the interview. So you can like Does Google really. Yeah. But anyways, that's not the point. Um, I was, so my mentality, I was really, really nervous. I was living in a space where I really care what, uh, cared what other people thought about me mm-hmm. and I never wanted to look silly. I never wanted to look like an idiot. Like I just, I didn't want to look vulnerable. I was, like I said, operating out of a place of like deep hurt and was in a part put it this way like okay before you go you have to fill out all of this paperwork that takes you hours like hours Mm. and hours and hours of paperwork all about your patterns all about your childhood and it's so that your teacher when you get there literally has this all memorized about you so like Mm. when you say names like they know exactly who you're talking it's it's fucking ridiculous how well like these people memorize everything about you um it's it's crazy but anyway I reread I have my binder with me here I reread um some of my pre-process work. And if this doesn't say the type of headspace that I was in, then I don't know what does. I wrote the sentence, if you don't know me, you can't hurt me. And that's exactly the way that I was. Like, I was like, no one, if you can't get to me, if you can't see me, if you can't know me, you can't hurt me. Well, no wonder when you barely open your heart, you feel like you're desperate and chasing someone. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Damn. And I, I've just always been a really, really guarded person. Yeah. And um, yeah, so I was, I was definitely really nervous. I was also in, I was in a place with my ex, the one that I've spoken about on here that was like very emotionally abusive. Shout we out like, episode one. Shout out toxic relationships. Go <laughs> listen to that episode, our first ever episode. I was kind of getting back together with him. I, we were like talking again that summer and I was about to move to New York. He was moving to New York. He followed me there. Um, and he was really anxious about me going, which made me more anxious because he was like, they're going to tell you to break up with me. And I was like, oh, <laughs> no shit. And it, it's also, yeah. okay, we don't even have to go there. No, we're not going to go there. But I, yeah. it made it, I, I was even more scared of right. that. And I was also 100% lying to myself. Like I was, I was not being truthful to the people around me and I wasn't being truthful to myself. And I was just scared. Like I was scared of what I was going to see And frankly, and this is a a feeling that I felt throughout the process because they call it like your dark side. And that's sort of like your shadow self or like subpersonalities or like all these other things that we can normally talk about. I was so scared and it really hit me like day four, like three or four. I think it was like day three. I felt so empty because we had done all this work to like, I know I'm skipping ahead, but like we did all this work to like get rid of, you know, like let go of that shadow, let go of that dark side. 
And it was exactly the fear that I had going into it of, if I don't have this, who am I? Mm-hmm. Who am I without mm-hmm. the girl that people are intimidated by? Who am I without being the bitchy one who like no one can fuck with? Who am I without like being the untouchable girl that like no one can have? Like you had to rewrite your definitions because you realized your definitions weren't self-written. I, yeah. And I just, I was honestly projected like, onto you. Yeah. I, I was in a place. I'm not going to say what the exercise is because it shook me to my fucking core and it was day one, but we had to do something that like basically validated how horrible I felt about myself. Like I didn't realize the amount of like hate that I had. Like I really was in a place where I was like, I'm not lovable. Like I don't deserve love. Like I'm not a good person. I don't deserve love. What was I, I it's, it's tricky because I, I want to ask you so many questions, but I really don't want to know anything about the exercises, even in a selfish way, because I do plan on going and yeah. I want to go like it, hopefully this year. Yeah. We'll see. Um, can you tell us like maybe one most impactful anecdote? Like particularly, can I selfishly say as a best friend, one that I know, like, mm-hmm. I know the one when you each had to come up with sentences and when someone spoke up and said theirs and how it triggered you, or like, can you give like a, a some sort of, that doesn't, oh, that it, one is sort a- of fun I- anecdote. Yeah. The, that one, I don't want to say because that one has, you don't to have to, it's exercise. just an example mm-hmm, but yeah. that one has to do with a specific exercise. And again, it's something that like, they are yeah. like, you're going to do this, which by the way, to, to part of your, um, to answer the question from before, when I went into it, I fully made the promise of like, I am here. I'm throwing myself into it. And I, right. anyone listening who is planning on going or who's about to attend or whatever, do not waste your money. Like if you are yeah. not going to literally fling your body into this, like you need to go in open and ready to just be like, who the fuck cares? I don't know these people. And at the end of the day, you're all there for the same reason. So like no one's making fun of each other. No one's judging each other. Like you really become such a family. Like those people, I adore the people that I went to Hoffman with. Anyway, um, one of the anecdotes, I think something that was really impactful for me was I have, and I still have the tendency to do this, Um, but this is where I learned it. And I learned that I did this. I remember the first day. So I got there on a Friday and the sessions start that Saturday morning. And so people could like come Friday night and you have like a welcome dinner and, but like, you're not doing anything. You're just like shooting the shit and hanging out. Sure. And I, we had dinner and I went for a walk with two of the other women who ended up being like my best friends when I was there. And by the way, I was the youngest one there. There were people in their twenties, but like I was the youngest. I think the next youngest was like 25. And then most people were like, were in their thirties or forties. There were people in their fifties and sixties. Um, but I was like the baby of the group, which was kind of sweet. So like everyone took care of me, which was yeah. nice. Um, but I was on a walk with, with the two women who I was the closest with there. And um, we were all telling our, like, why are we here stories? And they sort of went first. And I was just so like blown away by the lives that they had lived. And I started to tell mine and I literally prefaced every sentence with like, I know that like, you know, I didn't go through this. And like, my life wasn't that bad. And like, my parents loved me. And like, I grew up comfortably. And like, I was just making so many clarifiers or disclaimers. Yeah. I'm like clarifying statements of like, I know that I didn't have it bad. And I know that like, I don't want to sound like I'm whining and people here have had it so much worse. And they both looked at me and were like, okay, you need to like shut that down now because everything is relative. And that's where I learned that concept. And that concept, I I say it on this podcast all the time. time. Everything is relative. My experience, yes, there were people in the world that had a way worse upbringing than I did. And, and 
there are people at Hoffman that had these like heartbreaking stories, but not one person in that room ever made me feel bad about mine because it's relative. Yeah. That was like the one thing that, I mean, that's beautiful. So many things have stuck with me, but that has like, it's ingrained in my brain from that. Do you, was that a, a, a moment where you really shifted and like committed to the healing or do you remember, was there any part of Hoffman when you were there? I don't even know if I've asked you this, like as a friend, was there any part of you that when you were there was like, fuck this, I don't like this. Or like, this isn't for me. Or like, you know, was, were you resisted throughout the week? Did you kind of nosedive in and just commit to that? Like, how was your mentality throughout it in terms of like you being there? Mm-hmm. Um, that's a good question. I think it wavered. We do a lot of check-ins throughout. So um, they call them quadrinity checks. And basically your quadrinity is your intellect, um, which is like your logical, rational, problem-solving part of your brain, your emotional self, which is aka like your emotional inner child. Because basically the way that they ex- like explain your emotional self is like, it's the way that you feel like your feeling aspect, but when it's not healed, you're, you're, you remain, your emotional self remains a child because it wasn't mm-hmm. unconditionally loved Absolutely. and validated. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're like, you're operating from like whatever age you're like traumatized at basically. Um, it's true because you're, you're like sectioning off that part of your trauma. And then if you didn't heal that or get that satisfaction from that age, you're still going to operate. Like you said, how you were operating from that place of hurt, you're mm-hmm. operating from that like childish place of hurt until you rewrite those connections and heal that and move on. So your quadrinity is your intellect, your emotional self, um, your body, and then your spiritual self. So like, um, and your spiritual self is like what you're trying to connect to this entire time basically and through like it's a lot of guided meditations and like visualization and things that like I've never done before um but to answer your question you're doing these check-ins multiple times a day mm-hmm. so you are like you can feel you you start to get better at feeling where you're resisting and like feeling mm-hmm. how you're actually feeling day one the days are so long meadow like so like you're exhausted I thought Wait, I was also aren't there rules like you can't have a book you don't yeah, have your phone no, no tv no distractions there's no tvs no phones you're not allowed to work out the most you can do is like a light yoga stretch and like you can go for walks because you're like in a beautiful area um no books obviously no phone no alcohol no drugs like you don't want to be you're not you're not even supposed to masturbate damn like, they don't want you doing anything no no yeah. um so anyway night one like the days you you're up at like seven and you're in bed at night at like 10 PM. So yeah. you're, so I thought I was going to be a full day passing out at the end of the night. Yeah. You're yeah. fucking exhausted. So the, the first day that night was the first night that we did, um, one of the exercises, like we had done meditations, we'd done talking, blah, blah. We did our first exercise and I thought I was going into it, like fully not resisting. Um, those teachers see through everything. <laughs> <laughs> I was the first person they called on when we finished oh. the exercise and they were like, so let's talk about how you're feeling right now. Because they were like, could tell oh. that I wasn't, yeah. I wasn't like do- giving it my all. Mm-hmm. And I lost it. When I tell you, I, I first of all, I hate crying in public. Yeah, I was yeah. heaving, like heaving. And it was all this stuff about like both my parents had just come up and Oh my God. It was like so cathartic. And, and, and so I think from there, was it after your walk with the ladies? Yeah, that was, that was like, 
yeah, th- that that was the day before because night one, oh, okay, like that was. Oh, day one is technically Saturday. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. So, so that was so cathartic that by Sunday, by day two, I was like, these people have already seen me like fucking dry heave. Like, I'm in it now. I'm in it. Um, yeah. I definitely had moments of I journaled like the entire time that I was there, so I kept track of how I was feeling and stuff. And I've read back at that journal before. Um, I definitely had moments. I never regretted not being there or being there. Mm-hmm. I think I was in such a fucking like bad place going into Hoffman that there was nowhere else I'd rather be. Like I didn't want to exist in the world, like mm-hmm. in the real world at that time. Do you know what I mean? I was like, I want to yeah. be here. Like I don't want to talk to any of my friends. I don't want to talk to my family. Like I, it was the perfect escape for me. So I never was like, I don't want to be here. Um, and I think after night when I really threw myself into it, I think there were definitely moments of serious frustration, like that moment when um, a couple of days in, you're, I, I sort of had released and really let go of all of these patterns, um, these negative patterns, but I hadn't filled it up with new stuff yet. So basically like, mm. if that doesn't make sense to people, the, the method that they use, they call it like the cycle of transformation. This is all like online. I'm not like ruining stuff, but it's basically awareness, expression, compassion and forgiveness, and then new behaviors. Mm-hmm. So I think I was like in the expression phase. So I had the awareness of everything that I was going through. The expression is getting it out, like the Mm -hmm. physical stuff, like getting it out. Mm -hmm. Then you quickly couple that with like the compassion and forgiveness, not only for your parents, but for yourself. Mm -hmm. So you're not living in that awareness hell. And then you introduce that new behavior. So we were in like the interim day that was like, we hadn't introduced new behaviors. And when I tell you that I've literally felt like I was walking around with like a piece of my body missing, like I literally wow. felt like my chest was like, like limb or something. Yeah. Yes. Like when you get heart surgery and they like don't close you up and you just yeah. sort of feel open like that. That's how I felt because I hadn't introduced this new behavior and I felt so lost. I was like, who the fuck am I? Like, who am I? So I definitely had moments of like, and you know what? It's okay to sit in that feeling. That's what they told. Yeah, they were like, it's okay to hold sit on tight. There. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was. But I never, I never didn't want to be there. I, I definitely had moments of like, ugh, my god, this is hard. I'm tired. But no, I was always so glad I was there. Yeah. yeah. So, what discoveries about yourself did you make? Oh my God. Literally so many. I think the biggest though, my, and it was my intention going into it. I went in being like, I just want to hear myself think. Like I felt like I had, I was the type of person that I had to ask every single person for their opinion before I could like fucking get dressed in the morning. Like I, I couldn't, I couldn't make a decision by myself. And can I ask, wait for clarification. Was that more so in like a, you didn't disapp- want to disappoint other people. Was it like, you're just trying to get along? Was it like, you can't validate? Like, where was that? Where I think it was like, from? I was just trying to get along with people. Like I didn't, okay. I didn't want the feeling of, well, you had a lot, you know, it's something you haven't talked about is a lot of things that happened to you right before you went. Was it like a lot of friend group yeah. toxic toxicity Yeah. beforehand? And, so I, that makes sense. To yes. Me. So yeah. And I, I always like, I always get weird when I talk about this stuff because it's stuff that I still work through and, you know, oh, for sure. As but, we say, it's hard to talk about stuff that we're still working through. Yeah. The, um, and even to this day, when I like feel like I'm talking about things that really hurt me, 
I feel like I'm defending my bad behavior. Like I feel like I'm I'm making excuses for myself to this day. So that's why it is difficult for me to talk about something. Yeah. Um, but yes, I was like going through it with my friends and uh what was the question? <laughs> my question was well, it's a it's a heavy one or a, a oh, what, what discoveries did you make about yourself? Yeah. yeah. So I basically I went into Hoffman thinking I can't make any decisions for myself. That came from a place of wanting everyone to think I was a good person, everyone to mm. like me, everyone to, cause here's the thing. Everyone thought I was a bitch, Yeah, but I didn't want my friends to think I was a bitch. Right. I didn't give a shit what other people thought. Like if you don't know me, you can't hurt me. But if you know me, I want you to like me. Love me. And love me. Yeah. I, I, yeah. So I sort of went into there being like, I am a liar. I'm not a good person. I act too impulsively. I um, choose like men over myself. Like I will never forget this. Someone once said to me and they meant it as a compliment and it fucked with me for years. They were like, you're such a man eater. And they meant it as a compliment of like, you'll destroy any man in your like wake or like you know, he could never survive around you or like blah, blah, blah. And it fucked with me for so long, like for so long. It literally uh, triggers me back to like being in psychology and when we could actually diagnose women with hysteria. Yeah. Fuck. Okay. Anyway. So it just, I, I, I just thought I was like this, like yeah, bitchy, mean, um, slutty, like yeah. unlovable asshole basically. And I had a lot of people in my life at the time that were validating that feeling. And, um, what I learned about myself there, which was the most valuable thing in the entire world was a, I left being able to hear myself think. And Mm -hmm. I left trusting myself because that was the biggest thing. I didn't trust myself at all. I never trusted Mm -hmm. that I was making the right decision in anything. And I was able to hear myself think. And when I tell you that that was the most beautiful gift I've ever gotten in my entire life, to just trust your intuition, to just trust your inner voice and hear fucking hear yourself clearly. But on top of that, like I learned to forgive myself and I learned to understand why I had made some of the decisions that I had made, what trauma in my life led up to that and not in an excusing it way, but just understanding myself because I felt since I was in high school, I have felt so misunderstood by some of the people that I love the most in this world. Mm -hmm. And I never understood why. And it wasn't until then that I was like, oh no shit, Sherlock, like your actions are not lining up with your authentic self. Mm -hmm. And I was like, why aren't my actions lining up with my authentic self? Oh, because I've created an entire separate personality to protect me because that personality was created out of trauma and an experience that I can fucking pinpoint when I was young, that personality was created out of trauma to protect me. And we say it out here all the time. When people are putting their projections on you and when people are telling you things loud enough about yourself, you start to believe it. And those were the things that were thrown on me. Gabby's untouchable. Gabby's a bitch. Gabby is selfish. Like that was a huge one that my ex really burned in my brain is like, you're a selfish bitch. You don't think about anyone but yourself. Oh my God. Do you know how much you fucking do for me on like a daily basis? Jesus Christ, you carry me. <laughs> um, thank you, but I, I don't know. I just, I had so, I just, 
I had so yeah. much hatred for myself and I couldn't understand myself. Like I couldn't yeah. understand, but it was that it was my actions were not aligning with my authentic self. Yeah. Why are they not aligning with my authentic self? Because I've literally created a persona for myself out of trauma to protect mm-hmm. me. And therefore, you can thank that person. Like there, it's not like that's you what, have that's to. What, that's what that's what Anna Maria said to me. That's what the yeah. the psychic that Benner and I talked to said to me on our call yesterday, and why or two days ago, and why I've been like so fucking in my feels because she literally brought up everything that Meadow and I were going to be talking about today and was like, you need to thank that, that personality that you created, Mm -hmm. that shadow self that you created, thank her because she did protect you, Mm -hmm. but release her. You don't need her anymore. Say thank you and release her. You don't need her anymore. Mm -hmm. And I remember when I left Hoffman, they tell you this too, before you leave, they're like, remember you're different. You've changed. No one else has. Mm -hmm. their lives period yeah their lives kept moving and I literally felt like a newborn baby out of the womb when I left like very vulnerable and fragile and um I remember getting kind of frustrated when I was faced with people in my life where I had to either make amends or decide where we wanted to move forward in our friendship or how we wanted to change our relationship and I were perfect example like with my ex I don't give a shit I feel weird talking about my friends because I love them to death and you know whatever but I'm fucking talking about my ex I don't all okay <laughs> like with him for example I felt really weird because when I came out of there and then we would fight about stuff I was like but I'm not that person anymore how can mm-hmm. I make you believe me how can I make you believe that like I am authentically Gabby right now and I'm not there's it's no not your job to make someone believe that you just get to be who you are and they can fucking accept it or walk away right and that's the lesson that I have it took me three years after Hoffman to learn. And that is what I'm currently learning right now is I have spent, I've never even said this out loud. I've never even, this, this all just clicked in my brain. I have spent the last three years trying to prove that I am a good person after Hoffman. Like I, in, to the people that have known me my whole life, I've been trying to prove that to people instead of just like fucking existing as the good person that I know that I am. Yeah. And just like letting them see. It's like, I feel like I have to make up Mm-hmm. for like the bullshit which but is like, what bullshit you weren't doing bullshit you were projected bullshit onto you I mean look I definitely we've all done I mean, yes of course day. there's accountability there too of course but that's not your job I know and I was I that's know. not your job I know it's just it it is a it is a weird thing to think about when like you don't think you're a people-pleasing type of person and then you realize that you've spent like so much of your fucking time trying to appease somebody else's perception of you so what what areas of like this concept like where did you feel like how do I want to say this or like what things did you implement or integrate going out of it I think this is an area that we're talking about like you clearly kind of goes back to what you're unpacking right like you've clearly healed so much but there's still work to do like there always is where areas that you've you like implemented new habits or new changes that really helped and supported you and like where do you find yourself still going back to Hoffman and like wanting to work on yourself I feel like we kind of just said that yeah I think um there were a lot of like really cool exercises that I learned there and um just ways of thinking like just understanding that I can't change I mean (laughs) I literally, I can't even say with a straight face, understanding that I can't change people. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I remember every day of my life. Um, 
Thank you. I'm like, look at that. It's because I spent like my whole life trying to change my dad, but like, there you go. Um, I, I learned you can't change people, <laughs> even though I still try to do it, but also just like you control what's in your control. Yes. And that was the thing is I used to get really like anxious and worked up about things. And a perfect example is I moved to New York literally two weeks after I got out of Hoffman. Which isn't that like exactly against the rules that they tell you no major life decisions? Well, you had made the decision well, before going. Yeah. The okay, decision yeah, yeah, yeah. Was made, but I was definitely intense. Yeah. And but it made my move so much easier in retrospect. Totally. Totally. So many things go wrong in a move, obviously. None of it bothered me. Like, but I would like throw my phone across the room. I was like, it's out of my hands. And so like, that was, that was beautiful. Like I, I got, I became a lot more patient through it. Um, And I've gotten a lot softer with myself. Like I really, it took me a really, really, really long time to forgive myself. And I did like, I really did. And even though now I still have trouble, like talking about things, um, I don't, I don't have guilt. Like, I don't know if that is a bad thing. That is such, guilt is such a weighty emotion. Like I just don't, like I am so confident in the person that I am that like. That's so freeing. It's so freeing. And honestly, Mm -hmm. it's one of the biggest, I, not even, I, I think this is the literal, when people ask me like, why do you do mental health stuff? Why did you like quit your job account and ask to like go freelance so you could do mental health stuff. It's literally because of this. It's because I never wanted somebody else to feel as fucking misunderstood as I did because it was debilitating. It was debilitating. Yeah. I didn't want to interrupt your flow when we were talking like fucking five minutes ago, but as you were describing all of that, it just, I had such a cute best friend moment where it brought me back to our first phone call ever because this is what we were unpacking because the first time you ever spoke about this publicly was when I was running fucking local Optimus and Josh was like, oh, I have someone from college that wants to write for us. And you and I got on a phone call and talked for three hours about all these realizations that you made about yourself and how you were going to share it. And the article is called Hi World, It's Me. And you were reintroducing yourself because you weren't using the definitions that were projected onto you, but the ones that you knew about yourself authentically. And I just like watching you talk about it. I was like, this is how we became best friends. No, seriously. That's actually so wild. Yeah. Like that's it gave me chills. is me writing that article. And it was the first time I ever talked about Hoffman. And yeah. it was, it was so freeing when I wrote that article about Hoffman, we'll put it in the show notes. Yeah. Um, it was the first time I'd ever talked about it publicly. Mm-hmm. And I was still like working on my other job and like, I almost didn't even want my coworkers to see it. Mm-hmm. And just the response that it, not only just the response that it got, but the way that it made me feel of just so much lighter and just getting it off my chest and, and just sharing my story. That was the moment that I was like, this is what I was put here to talk about. And that's low key how we started brainstorming the pod. Literally, because that's how I started doing those IG lives on yep. my, on should we talk about it? I was your first guest. Yeah. If you've been following me forever, you might remember that. And that is where the idea of the podcast came from because it was a little, I just, I didn't want people to feel alone. I didn't, oh, like my God, when I think back on like a high school me, I'm so sad for her. Like she's, I just like, I want to give her a hug. And that's the stuff that I was processing this year, three years later, like with my ex of like, I just, I want to go back and like give little Gabby a hug because she didn't know what the fuck she was in for Mm -hmm. and and it's like it's that 
don't know. It's, it's that feeling. And it's just like, I, people go to Hoffman for different reasons and people go to therapy for different reasons. But if there's anything I want people to take away from this, it's, you need to learn to forgive yourself. And if anybody in your life is projecting, just got so stuffy. If anybody, <laughs> COVID, <laughs> anybody in your life is projecting their perceptions onto you, I need you to just reject that. I need you to say, no, thank you. That's not my baggage. That's not my problem. You're projecting your whatever onto me. You reject it and you say, I don't need it. I'm going to go on without it because that is a weight that you do not need to carry on your back. And that is going to confuse you and confuse your identity. And you're not going to be able to hear yourself. And it is, it was the heaviest burden that I carried for so long. And I have literally never been happier. Like, and by the way, I trust myself so much after that, that like now every decision I make, like I was repeating fuck ups Mm -hmm. and fuck ups that were hurting other people. Mm -hmm. I don't do that anymore. When I make a mistake, I make a new mistake. We're all going to, we're always going to continue to make mistakes, but I would rather continue to make new mistakes. Period. Than repeat my old behaviors. And if you don't know what's yours and what's someone else, and if you don't feel like you can trust yourself, you can go to therapy. You can start journaling. You could go to something like Hoffman. Like there's so many different tools Mm -hmm. and yes, Hoffman is expensive and not a tool that everyone has access to, but the little exercises that they do, there's other, like, like we're saying, this is all based in science. These are all based in other exercises. Like there's different ways and tools that you can learn these same lessons. We're just sharing one way that was profoundly impactful for many people. Yeah. I'm so glad we got to talk about this today. Me too. Wait, I want to ask one more quick thing. Mm Mm-hmm. Can we do a little bit of like Gabby's guide to Hoffman? Like one of the things you said was go all in, like go with the okay. type. Like if you, like, if I was going to go like next week, what would you tell me to pack something? What would you tell me to think of? Like, what's your little guide? You know, I did that when I first moved to LA, I had a friend that I was one of the first people that I met here and they were going and we went on a little hike and I gave them like a full rundown. Yeah, give um, me a little thing. Gabby's guide to Hoffman. Don't do it unless you're going to throw yourself into it. Number yeah. one, it's a waste of money. Um, hmm. number two, trust whatever comes to your mind, just trust whatever okay. comes to your mind and be honest with yourself. Mm-hmm. That was the biggest thing. Like I was number one. I lied to myself. I wouldn't even write things in my journal a, because I was scared that people, other people were going to see it. Like my personal journal, like growing up, like I was like, someone's going to read it. And B, I was like scared to admit to myself. Like I wouldn't write people's names. I wouldn't. The truth was, yeah, yeah I would totally lie to myself. It, in what is supposed to be the most vulnerable place, like <laughs> a fucking journal that no one's going to read. Yeah. Um. So please be honest with yourself and just don't feel the shame. Just let it, mm-hmm. let it come through. Feel literally everything. Be honest with yourself. Um. Those are the two biggest things I would say, like emotionally. Or feel the shame and do it anyway, is what yeah, you're saying. Feel the shame. Yeah. yeah. Feel the shame. Feel the shame and do it anyway. Move, yeah. move through, it. through it. There's yeah. no way around it. You got to go through it. Um, Have patience and compassion with yourself. Mm-hmm because it's, it's a lot. And I will say that it is very, it's, it's heavy. Mm-hmm. Hoffman's a lot. I think personally Hoffman is like, honestly should be a, it should be a prerequisite for like being a human being mm-hmm. <laughs> that like exists and functions in the world. That yeah. said, if you are in a space where you are continuing to lie to yourself and you also maybe have never done any work and you're like in a very fragile space, I am like, maybe try something else. Cause I think some people will like go into like toxic shock. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. If it, I, 
Yeah, I think I think it depends on the individual, but this is not. I don't want to say like not for the faint of heart. I like that's such a stupid saying, but it, it's right, just it like know the space, know the space that you're in, and be honest with yourself. Is if this is the right step for you to take right now, or maybe do you need to like go to therapy or unpack some other stuff or like get to some other realizations right. before you go there? It doesn't right. have to be because be I, honest about yeah, what space you're in. I did see that after like in people in our group because they do have like post-process exercises you like stay in touch and like there's like a buddy system and like you have check-in calls for a bit of time after just to sort of like help reintegrate you back into life and I did see that with people where like I saw it in their eyes like there was there was like one person that I'm thinking of in my brain where like when we finished everyone was in such a good mood and we were so happy and like yeah you're like nervous it's like first day of school but like first day of like your new life basically but I saw it in his eyes that he was like holy fuck. Like, what did I just unpack? And now I don't know what to do with it. Yeah. And that like made me fearful. So like aftercare, like de- if you go have a very good aftercare plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very good aftercare. Um, they do tell you this, but take it seriously for real. When they tell you that if you don't live alone, um, or if you are able to do so, don't go home immediately, mm. go stay in a hotel not in a city. Like I did the one that's in California and the one that I went to actually burned down. So there's a different campus now, but you would fly into San Francisco and then it was like kind of near Napa. It was in St. Helena. And they were like, don't stay in San Fran. Like, like book a hotel in St. Helena. That's like a spa town. Mm -hmm. And I did that for two nights, I believe. Thank God. Because you really feel like you're straight out the womb. Like you were, you're so like, your senses are so heightened. You haven't like been in the real world. Also, like I was going back to my mom's house. Like I didn't want to see her. Totally. Out. Totally. Totally. But really take it seriously. Like if you do, if you're able to do that or like sort of make some sort of plan or if you have a roommate sort of asking them like, Hey, are you cool to stay somewhere for two nights? Mm-hmm. If you can, mm-hmm. um, just actually, yeah. Take the aftercare seriously. Um, and then, yeah, like in terms of things to pack, just like bring your sweats, bring workout clothes. Like you're all just, you need to be comfortable all day. I think I just wore like literal sweats or workout clothes every single day. Yeah. Um, the food's good. Ooh. And they give so you like, all your like dietary restriction needs. I mean, they're, they're catering to the, to the LA crowd. <laughs> they got to, right? I don't know if it's the same. I'm assuming it, it, maybe it is the same chef, but when I went, they were getting food catered from um a past graduate because this is the thing like the grads are so grateful so she's this michelin star chef that was in the saint helena area and she donated was it dominique kren she's a michelin star chef that works in san francisco i don't know i don't oh my god and she has dead dad trauma and every line of her menu her menu is a poem and each line corresponds to the dish that's a memory of her and her father have you not watched chef table yes but not her episode Oh my God. It's, I want to say it's like season two, episode two or no, yeah. that's Alex Atala. That's another favorite episode. I'll find, I'll send it to, it send it to me. Holy shit. I don't know, but if it is cool, but I don't know if it is, but the food was really, food was really good. Um, the rooms weren't people think like, because it's, Oh, do you have not- roommates? Do you get your own room? Oh, okay. So I don't know how it is after COVID. I think during COVID everyone had their own room. Um, at, when I went, you had an option. Um, I specified I needed to be alone. I don't yeah. do well with roommates. I also knew probably that I was going to be the youngest one there. Yeah. And I just like, I just didn't want to deal with it. Yeah. I think disclosure, like you do, I think have to pay more. I think. 
to ask for your own room. And this is what I'm saying. It's I like, mean, that makes sense to this me. This is all like, I understand there's like an accessibility issue. I believe that they have yes. scholarship programs. Oh, I believe. Cool. Not mistaken. Um, but or Hoffman, if you're listening and want to send me for us to talk about it, I will <laughs> gladly go. I love the Hoffman people. Yeah. Um, yeah, if you can get your own room, get your yeah. own room. But people think that because it's like an LA crowd, that it's like a fancy rehab. It's like not. No, it's right, right, right. Beautiful right. campus, but like you're sleeping like it's like bougie. A, you're sleeping yeah. on like a twin size bed that has like like I had yeah. bugs everywhere in my room. Great, like. Yeah. Cause you're in like the middle of nowhere. Of course. Sure. Yeah. Um, so it's, you're not like in some like king size, like suite in Malibu. I mean, it's yeah. beautiful grounds, but like, you're also never in your room. So like, who cares? But right. you're not going to a spa. Yeah. Baby girl. Thank you so much for being so open and honest and vulnerable and beautiful and ripping your chest open again for us. Oh my God. Thank you. I really hope this was helpful. I feel like I said so much, but I also feel like I said nothing at all. No, you <laughs> said a lot. You had very, very, very beautiful insights. Thank you for your questions. And it just makes me want to go more. I love it. I want to go back. So right now I'm in a space uh, where I realized that, especially after going to therapy and like hating it after Hoffman, Mm -hmm. Hoffman stuff just really, like it really, really resonated with me, their types of practices. And it was really helpful for me. And so that's the sort of therapy that I want to do again. Mm -hmm. And they have like post-process things for grads. Like you can, they call it Q2 and you can go for like a weekend refresher. And I really want to do that, but there's none in person available until June. So right now I think I'm just going to start doing, um, coaching with them Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. online. Um, so it's like virtual. I wonder if they're connected to a network of therapists that you could see. Like, I wonder if there's some therapy grads that they could connect you to or you know what I mean? Probably worth reaching out. And There's also asking. grad groups um, where you can like meet with people. I don't, again, I don't know how it is after COVID, but there's like grad groups in different cities. And so you can oh. like meet with other people. Yeah. I need to get together with the people in LA because there's so many of us that live here. Well, yeah. also I'm dying for you and Matt to talk about it together sometime. Like if you ever, if I ever drag you out to Utah sometime, I'm dying for you to. Oh, Matt's your friend that did it. Yeah. And he, the name Matt was the name of my teacher. That's why I was like, what? Oh my gosh. How funny. No, he's my coworker that went and he went in a very different space and he's from a very religious background Mm -hmm. where he was deemed very woo woo for going. Like, it's just interesting. I I would love to be like, by the way, this was like the first time that I ever felt mental health stigma, like really slapped me in the face because oh sure the whole thing that I was going through, I never talked about with my friends. So I never felt the stigma. I felt the stigma at home in certain situations, Mm -hmm. but I did not feel it amongst friends. I didn't talk about it. When I went, I like missed a friend's birthday dinner and it like got like, I told like a couple people where I was going and like it came up at the table and someone was like, oh yeah, didn't you hear? Like she cracked, like her mom sent her to the same cell. I'm like, she's fucking crazy. And I was like, mm-hmm, go fuck yourself. So first time I felt real stigma was after Hoffman. Yeah. Um, wait, there was something that I wanted to say. Jokes on them. They'll never get the beautiful relationship with themselves if they I know. just There's accept it. I wanted to like say, that. but I'm calling it back to my brain and it will, it will come to me. Matt Hoffman talking about things, going to a to a refresher weekend. Oh, yeah. Religion. Yes. Going to a okay. refresher weekend. So here's the cool thing too. If you go and your partner, you can't, you're not supposed to go at the same time as someone that you know. I know. And it's, so you know, my codependent ass is like, I want to go with Aaron. No, you cannot. <laughs> like, for example, if Meadow were to go and then Aaron, her partner, was to go to another session. Mm-hmm you guys could do a couple's weekend together and it's straight up only for couples. 
Aaron, we're going to Hoffman. He's got headphones on. He's not listening to me. Oh, like I, whoever my future husband is, if you're out there, you will go to Hoffman straight up just so we can do a relationship one after. Oh, I cannot. And wait. this like saves people's marriages. Oh, I bet. I'm sure. Yeah. Or you get oh, Aaron and I are totally doing that now. Okay, Hoffman, if you're listening, you can sponsor both Aaron and I. <laughs> we love them. Hopefully we'll maybe one day have a teacher on. Oh my gosh. That would be our dream come true. Um, I mean, I don't, I think that's like, I, I did that with, should we talk about it? So I feel like that's right. not that far-fetched. So let's, no, let's not at all. manifest that. We'll get a Hoffman teacher on here. Maybe they can mm-hmm. walk us through like a quad check so people can like do it with us when they're listening. If that's something you're interested in, let us know. Um, and thanks for holding the space for me. I love you. Thank you for sharing. Stories. <sighs> Listen, rate and review. Rate and review. Roll that Maddie clip. I'm, I know, seriously. I'm going to throw it in there this time, for real. I hope that our Zoom quality sounds okay. I feel like it does. Uh, who cares? Who knows? If it doesn't, sorry. Love you. Bye. Okay. <laughs> End recording. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Thoughts Mayberry podcast every Monday.